and welcome to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. Today, my special guest is my other half, Bentley, or you may know him as Bentley Rowling. I don't know why I almost introduced you as Bentley Rowling. Yeah, you didn't even introduce me as my real name. Uh, Bentley DeVilling. There we go. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Bentley. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for finally coming on. I feel like I've been begging you to join me in the podcast. That's true. I was just not sure what we were going to talk about because like even on when you came on my podcast, we went and did an activity. It's tough to do a podcast with somebody you know super well because you don't have a whole lot of questions. I have still questions. I would love to have them recorded. Yeah, let's see what you have to say. (laughs) Um, First off, I thought it would be really fun to have you on because you are one of the few people that know the entire Moon Body Soul story up close and personal as you've been here since the very beginning. Very true. And it's it's our birthday today, our third birthday. Yes. Happy Mo- birthday. Congratulations. Moonbodysoul.com launched three years ago today, May 6th. We wanted it to be May 1st, and we had to push it back to the 6th. So, May 6th. I don't even remember why, but maybe the website wasn't working yet. Yeah, we didn't have it fully designed yet, so we can all sit here and thank Bentley for designing the website. He is my web designer, web developer. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. (laughs) Um, You designed our first website and now you still help me with like any web problems I have and also photography. Yeah, definitely. So let's just start with a little bit of background about what you do currently. Um, You are a photographer in the cannabis space mostly, but a photographer, videographer, creative person. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to define these days the more... ADD, we both get on creative stuff. We uh, just keep adding new things. Like, I guess I'm a, a sound person as well now. As yeah, I, now as you're I'm learning this, sound. like against my will, learning how to do a sound setup and everything about audio equipment. But yeah, I started with photography and film and really got um, my first, I guess, break in the cannabis industry. And uh, how long have you been doing cannabis? specific photography oh not just doing cannabis (laughs) no not yet that's your podcast (laughs) you guys want to hear a story on cannabis uh yeah so i guess i've been doing cannabis photography well i've been working in the cannabis industry for the three years four years i'm like three and a half years and uh i've been doing cannabis photography specifically of like the flower for the last year and a half probably i really love what you're doing if you guys want to see bentley's page like i said bentley rolling is his Instagram handle, Um, but he is taking photos and videos of these plants in ways that I've never seen them taken photos of, and it feels like you're really changing the way that we view the plant. I appreciate cannabis in general. Yeah, I I I just like to see cannabis in a different light than just uh, pictures of weed in somebody's hand or something. I feel like I know all the answers to these questions, but I still want to ask. I know that's what's so weird. I feel like. (laughs) You know everything about me. Um, so you are a cannabis user. Do you say you use it more medicinally or recreationally? Uh, definitely both. I think striking a good balance is always the key. Um, medicinally, because I have so like mild OCD, I guess, and uh, pretty bad anxiety. And if I smoke a uh, if I smoke a little bit of an indica or vape a little bit of an indica, it kind of, like I've said, I say a lot of my podcasts, it kind of brings me down to what I imagine most people feel like at a baseline. 
So okay. medicinally first and foremost, but I don't really drink that much. So smoking is my recreational choice of inebriation as well. I feel like you're a person who has researched everything under the sun. Like if you are interested in it, you research it. Would you agree? Yes, very much so. What have you learned from researching cannabis as far as like the benefits of using it on a daily basis or using it in general? Um, I mean, the benefits? Or like, are there benefits? I mean, there are benefits in the sense that like I think it helps you be able to have like a conference or a meeting with yourself. You get to the kind of meditate on what's working in your life, what's not working in your life, and it really allows you to do some introspection with yourself. I, is that the correct word? Did I use the right word there? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so in that sense. And it also allows me, I guess, another benefit for somebody. I think everybody's body chemistry is different and everybody has a different reaction to cannabis. That's why some people freak out and are just like, oh, it makes me so anxious. I can't stand it. And other people are like, I have no idea what that person is even talking about because they have a totally different experience. Um, for me, though, it makes me feel uh, kind of, it just turns off that white noise of daily life and allows me to focus on what's important and move forward in a productive way. But I think there's a lot of different ways. Like CBD helps people with epilepsy. Uh, there's this little girl that's been going around and changing legislation in different states. She's only like 13 years old. And basically she's like, you're going to tell me that I can't use this this so they can make it say it make her make the uh, politician say it to their face uh you're gonna say that i can't use this to make me feel better and like actually make me a healthy person and the laws are changing because they're actually having to face these the people that are needing it most that's incredible yeah i know that we um have cannabis essential oil in our body balm and in our high moon ball um, and I definitely can tell the benefits of taking a bath with that or using the balm versus just using like a lotion or like an icy hot. And that doesn't even have the THC in it at all. It's just distilled hemp leaves. That's true. I mean, and it's not been studied enough is the problem because it's been an, an illicit market for so many years. So we, there isn't any, there aren't a whole lot of hard studies on these subjects, but there are a lot of, um, people that have come forward and said like they've experienced major benefits from using these things so i mean as somebody that used your uh you made the the body bomb because yes. i had a uh a car accident i told my car and kind of like blew over a stop sign and slammed into a brick wall and Wait, my... before <laughs> before you just graze over that he was not like inebriated when this happened someone turned in front of him yeah, somebody just T-boned <laughs> the, the hell out of me. Uh, You're just like, ah, oh, casually ran a stop sign and hit a wall. <laughs> no, yeah, it was just a bad car accident. That's not the point of story, though. No, I just got really just, bad whiplash. I just wanted to clarify that <laughs> someone was making an illegal left turn in front of you. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Somebody was texting and driving and just just ruckus the back end of my car. That was that was scary. Uh, but yeah, I was had whiplash forever, and I was complaining about it, and you would... You would I guess we're just tired of hearing me complain. No, I wanted <laughs> to help. <laughs> and uh, it's a really awesome body bomb for me to try out. We had a couple variations in between, but landed on this one. And it was one of the only things that really made my neck pain go away without like using any kind of medications, really. Yeah. Well, it was actually the very first variation did not have any cannabis essential oil in it. Um, 
the first variation I had gone into what I had in the kitchen to make and I used what I could and we quickly realized it did not work very well. You're like, the massage feels good, but I'm not feeling relief. And so I did some research. I ordered the cannabis essential oil, added rosemary and eucalyptus. And then I first tried making it into like a oil oil with coconut oil mm-hmm. on like a dropper. Do you remember that? I don't really, to be honest with you. I don't remember. Well, that. yeah. Tell it me. didn't work. Tell me the story. Um, the, I didn't like the consistency of the coconut oil, but I did really love the smell and um, the benefits of using those oils together. Mm-hmm. So I did my research and then I got shea butter um, and we used organic African shea butter and it literally, the very next recipe I made, it was like perfect. And we didn't have to try again. Yeah. The consistency is great too. That's one of my favorite things about it is it just... I don't like lotions really and it yeah. doesn't feel like a lotion. Shea butter is really nice. It just it like really seeps into the skin without leaving any sort of like greasiness or feeling oily. Totally. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like that at all. I get I feel a little claustrophobic when I have a bunch of lotion all over my body as I've said many <laughs> times. But uh, cuz it's like so oily and it never rubs in you all the feel way. claustrophobic? Yeah, cuz it's just like this layer of something on you. I don't know. I don't like it. Anyway, the balm that like absorbs into your skin. There we go. If just, you're claustrophobic, you can use the balm. Yeah, if if weird things make you claustrophobic, <laughs> then <laughs> get the body balm today. Um well, that's one great thing that came from that car accident, so Yeah, I also got a way cooler car out of the deal. It was (laughs) totally worth it. Um, So uh, I know that, like I said, you're helping to change the stigma, but do you still feel feel like there is still a stigma um, on a global scale? That's my question. On a global scale, yeah. Living here, though, you tend to forget that there is any kind of um, stigma at all because, like, I mean, especially living the life that we live because we hang out with a lot of people that are super cannabis friendly, whether it's in like kind of the yoga space, like that kind of thing, or if it's in like the actual cannabis industry, I feel like we've kind of surrounded ourselves with a lot of people that are on the same page, I guess. So it's tough to feel that way on a local scale, but definitely on a global scale. I I have a lot of followers that will reach out to me and and be like, God, when is it going to be legalized here? And I'm obviously, like, I don't have these answers, so I think it's really funny they even asked me. But, uh, <laughs> like, it's just so crazy. Like, so many places still, like, persecute people for it. But a lot of things are changing. Like, Thailand, I hear, is, is considering legalization. Is that... Wow. I think I it's Thailand, that. yeah. And South Korea, I believe, is maybe doing medicinal marijuana. Don't quote me on this. It's something similar. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's spreading quickly. I know that whenever, like, okay, so 420 was just this past month, and whenever I do post photos that we've taken with, like, cannabis leaves or we really talk about the products having cannabis in them, I do see a decrease in following happening. But I've also received messages from people in the Netherlands um, that, like, tell me how bad cannabis is. I feel like there is some insane propaganda around it. They were telling you how bad cannabis yes. is? Interesting, because like, isn't the Netherlands pretty friendly generally to the... So I did a lot of research because I was curious of why. Yeah. Um, this happened actually during the last photo shoot that I assisted you on at that grow up. Mm. Um, I had posted like a photo of it and said how happy I was to help you. And someone messaged me and was telling me how don't believe the hype <laughs> is what they said. I remember this, this now. Is, cannabis yeah. is running people's lives. And she was from the Netherlands. Um, and I was researching it and it, 
and it is decriminalized there. Yeah. But it's not like legal. It's so like Amsterdam is in the Netherlands, I guess. Yeah. So you can smoke there. <laughs> you can buy it there. But it's not considered illegal, but it's not considered legal. Huh. That's bizarre. If that makes sense. You can't get in trouble for it. So it's just, de- yeah, just decriminalized. Isn't yes. that what it is in Missouri now? I think it is. I have no clue. Anyways, if you guys want to know more about cannabis, you should head over to Bentley's page. <laughs> <laughs> My plan was not to bring you on to talk about cannabis, but I did think it was interesting. Yeah, we've got to um, uh, check out the podcast. Highly conversational. A lot of smarter people that know a lot more about cannabis than I do. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, but what I do want to talk about is how you are doing it in such a creative way. I would love to pick your brain and ask um, your your experience and um if creativity comes easy to you do you feel like everyone's a creative person like what is creativity it's a good question i don't know if i have the answer to that question but my perspective i think i think everybody's capable of being creative if they allow themselves to think that way i think uh some people feel like spending time on creative projects is like a waste of time and i think that's probably why they're unable to see things that way but I think everybody, if they just loosen up and maybe alter their perspective a little bit, are capable of being creative in their own way. I think are, that's part of being human. Do you feel like at any moment I can say be creative and you can be creative? No, definitely not. <laughs> I think, uh, well, especially for me as somebody with like a couple issues like OCD, it makes it so sometimes I'm like on fire and I'm just like, have to work on like a million projects and I just have all these ideas flowing and then other times it's just nothing. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just, I just like, you know, I just like to ride the wave. So then I'll stay up all night working on a project a lot of the time if I'm feeling creative. If you're not feeling creative and you have blocks, is there anything you do? I mean, obviously cannabis use is a, is a huge, uh, is a huge help. It definitely allows you to think creatively instead of <clears throat> allowing stress to take over kind of your thinking and make you think about simple things like maybe an appointment you have to do the next day that's kind of been nagging on you or maybe like you have to finish a project or something like that. When Once, if you smoke a specific strain with a, a specific terpene profile, it, uh, it definitely will bring that out in you. It'll it'll end the negative thinking process and inspire creativity. I I seem to think we're not going to escape the cannabis because I still have questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a podcast about cannabis. Um, you really like to break down strains by their like terpenes, correct? Yes. Maybe, uh, do you still write strain reviews? I haven't in a while. I've been super busy on the on like the photography film side of things, so I haven't. But I mean, I still am a connoisseur, obviously, because we try different strains all the time. Do you have the strain review still up on your website? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a lot up there. I think I have like twenty five, maybe it's it's twenty seven, something like that. For people that are listening in legal states or that have access to these like really easy to get strains do you have some suggestions for particular strains for creativity or sleep or anything like that yeah so creative strains some of my favorite are cookies variations so like girl scout cookies was one of the first hybrids that got really popular um and then it became something everybody crossed their strains with so there's 
one of my favorite strains is called Thin Mints, which is a cookies variation, and it always inspires creativity. Um, Josh D's OG, he's the first guy that created OG Kush. He uh, flew from Florida with a cut and a wet napkin in his uh, uh, hoodie pocket on an airplane in the mid-90s, and then him and his roommates started growing OG Kush, and at that time, genetics... Genetics now are very valuable because there's a business around cannabis, but at that time it was just, let's get this out there to as many people as possible. So he had no like financial gain in mind. It was more like this strain is amazing, let's get it out there. So every OG strain has roots back to that particular moment when he decided to share that. So like to me, every OG strain really does relax me and inspire creativity. And OG Kush is a great one, and I also like um, Tahoe OG a lot. Awesome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you want a long answer? <laughs> no, I'm glad you told that story. Um, I also, like, when we say terpenes, maybe you can just explain that for someone who's like, what are they talking about? Yeah, so every, really every natural thing, I believe, has terpenes in it. Mm-hmm. Like fruits and vegetables definitely do. Um, like in lemons or oranges, you're going to find something like limonene. In um, a lot of different other things, you're going to find things like pinene, which are, it's more of like a piney scent or taste. Um, yeah, so you're going to, like, you're going to find out, like, humulene is another one. It's when you get something that's, like, earthy flavor, generally that's humulene. But all of these different terpenes have an entourage effect that, uh, inspires that experience that you're having so every strain is not created equal in the sense that every strain kind of has different terpene terpenes and different values of those terpenes so like some will inspire you to be creative while others will uh, make you hungry like give you more of an appetite while others will um, kind of relieve stress you know there's all these different things that all these different terpenes do so at this point, when you're going to a dispensary, people are seeing Indica Sativa hybrid, and in actuality, every strain's a hybrid at this point because it's pretty impossible to get a pure strain, and in addition, those things don't really mean anything. Those are just for, like overarching groups that you would per, put particular strains into. Yeah, but- Like the, Indica usually meaning more relaxing and Sativa meaning more of an upper, correct? Yeah, that's what it means in a dispensary right now, and generally it's correct, but like those things aren't that accurate anymore and we're going to start seeing a shift to terpenes versus indica sativa hybrid so people are going to start being like i'm looking for something that's high in this terpene not anything else like thc isn't necessarily the only thing that matters see like there's like i was saying it's an entourage effect with like the cbd content in there which you'll see a lot of cbd based products um and then like the thc content and then the terpenes it all like has a collaborative effect on on your body and your experience. So maybe somebody that has had a stressful experience on cannabis before and had a panic attack, there's a good chance that they just had a a sativa strain with a bad terpene profile for their body chemistry. Because I've had a freak out on some strains before where I'm like, I do not feel good right now. Like I'm super stressed out. But the moment I realized that I could cater my experience through you know, selective terpene profile and knowing the growers who are growing it, like all sorts of things come into play. Uh, I started having a more of a medicinal relationship with cannabis. I think that um, that's really important. And I think learning that has been really helpful because there was a time in my life where I could not partake in cannabis because I thought it made me very anxious, but I think it was just sativa. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, one of my favorite podcasts that you did was with Canisay, the cannabis testing lab. Yes, yeah. Um, That's a good one. If he's, he's a cool guy. If you guys want to hear more about how they are testing cannabis and making sure it's safe um, for consumption and what why you should be looking into what kind of plant you're ingesting, um, that's a really good episode. I, what's it? What's his name? I'm so sorry. His name's Aaron Riley. He is the uh, founder of Canisafe. So Canisafe is one of the largest uh, cannabis testing labs in California. And in legal states, cannabis is regulated and has to be tested before it can come to your your dispensary, um, which is great. And apparently, according to him, it goes through much more rigorous testing than anything that's even organic or GMO-free. So he's using his wow. testing equipment to see like what would pass in the cannabis community as a passing thing that has they like test mold they test like e coli all kinds of things that would be present um in food or anything and then he goes to his organic uh like whole foods i remember you saying that and he tested all these like kale like all the stuff and none of it would have passed cannabis testing and it passed like the the edible testing like you eat you you literally ingest it versus just in like inhaling it you know that gives me the willies. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's like, what? why is there... And it's also, it says something about the cannabis industry. Like, regulation is that high on on this. And, like, it's it just shows how legitimate this industry is becoming. It's almost more legitimate than the FDA. It is becoming that way. But if you listen to that podcast, you learn that there were some labs that were just giving passes to things oh, yeah, that were not definitely. passing. And then they were getting shut down, so... Just like any uh, business early on, there uh, there was like a learning curve and a lot yeah. of people were taking advantage of just uh, bribes and stuff. So people, growers would be like, hey, I'll give you this amount of money if you say this is a passing product because they would have lost way more money if it wasn't passing. Uh, and a lot of uh, labs were doing that. They were accepting that fee. But Canisafe was one of the ones that wasn't. And now that some years have passed and this market has started to mature, they're the ones at the top and the other ones are getting um, kicked out of the market. I feel like, I mean, that's very scary, but you're right. It probably is every single industry. But I feel like I really love that um, legalization has turned to this, like needing to test what's ingesting. Because when it was a black market, who knows what was being sold. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they were testing somebody. I can't remember the study, but somebody did a study on like a large amount of the cannabis that was sold in uh, Southern California in the last five years uh, from a bunch of different dispensaries, and then they tested it, and they found like seventy percent of them had heavy metals in them. Oh, that's insane. So I think this just goes back to understanding what you're consuming and what you're. This is kind of our whole thing though, right? You and me both. It's like, what are we putting in our bodies? What are we soaking in? What like, like it all adds up to being a healthier human being. For sure. It's just consciousness, just knowing, Mm -hmm. not doing anything without looking into it. Um, Okay. Last few questions on cannabis. Then we're going to, then we're going to switch. For people who are wanting to ingest it in the safest way or use cannabis in the safest way, what are some tips you have um, as far as devices, suggestions on brands, that kind of stuff? So I think the safest way, it's tough. I think the safest way is is getting a healthy uh, tested sample to start with. So like whether it's an extract, whether it's flour, as long as it's like past legal testing, that's always a great place to start. Okay. 
Um, according to Dr. Tashkin at the UCLA School of Medicine, whoa, he he's came the head in of with it, his credits. Uh, who isn't a cannabis advocate at all? He's the he's the head of medicine at UCLA. He claims over a thirty year study that um, smoking reg- joints regularly actually doesn't lead to lung cancer, and that cannabis actually does have more carcinogens in it, but it has counteracting effects because it also has healing effects when it reaches your lungs and increases lung function. And it's crazy. Like none of this makes any sense. It's just like literally a miracle plant. Like I don't understand it at all, but it's, this is, this is a guy that's not a proponent and he, he reversed his own findings claiming 30 years earlier that cannabis caused lung cancer. So like, if that guy's saying it, thirty years earlier, he did a study saying it caused lung cancer. Yes, and, and then he disproved himself. himself. Yeah, okay. exactly. So there's a video. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of talking all over the place, but there's a video <laughs> on my page where I I cite the re- the research and everything. Uh, but it's like I'm saying there because it, it's been an illicit market. There hasn't been enough studies. I'm happy to be proven wrong in a lot of ways, but this is like one of the most legitimate studies from somebody that didn't want it to be right you know so you're saying smoking joints is okay they're saying that so i would i mean at the same time i think doing too much of anything is going to be bad for you so i also vape a lot so i like to use the puffco peak it's one of my favorite devices and then we get uh very very well tested um live resin which is an extract from cannabis and it's like golden and beautiful and you taste delicious. It still has all the terpenes in it, which is where the flavor is. And we vape that a lot as well. So when you're talking about vaporizing, I want to be just like totally like your podcast is everyone already does cannabis. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're doing cannabis over there. Um, When you're talking about vaporizing, especially with the Puffco Peak, it's just heating it up. Uh, to a lower temperature and then vapors it's going through like a water chamber and you're ingesting vapors correct it's heating it up to a point of uh, vaporization but not combustion so that's the uh, that's the key right there so combustion is what creates carcinogens and carcinogens create cancer Um, so vaporizing is always going to be a better option especially when you're talking about um, a load your own vaporizer some cartridges have heavy metals in them. Some cartridges are that's what I wanted to touch really on. Really poorly made. Because most people made. think if they're vaporizing, they're safe. But I think there's all vaping is not created equal. If your device is yep. dirty or your product is dirty, like there's so many things that go into it. So like, just focus on finding a clean product that's lab tested, and then a device that is <clears throat> created. Sorry, created by a reputable uh, like maker, like Puffco, Lynx. Lynx makes awesome clean devices. Um, anybody like that and then I think you're going to be set but that's why load your own is always a better option for sure and then when it comes to live resin um, is that like created with rosin is that what you're talking about just so I'm clear live resin is um, an extract I think it can be done a lot of different ways I think the ones we get mostly are CO2 Um, and it's I think the plant is flash frozen before so there's all kinds of create. There's a lot of stoner ingenuity that goes into these things, but like the stuff that we particularly get is flash frozen before extracted, so that makes it as it's a live plant. That's why they call it live resin. Uh, and then they extract the uh, the extract from the plant, and it still has all the terpenes in it. A lot of the extraction processes, like uh, BHO, which is a butane, 
there's a lot of different processes. That one will kind of only extract, if you're doing it a certain way, will only extract the THC and then you have none of the flavor or any of the entourage effect of the feeling. And I get worried then then you're smoking BHO. Yeah, that's the thing too. We we prefer solvent-free extracts with like a heat pressed process. There's that's so many different processes. The heat press. People are gonna be like, "What is he talking about?" There's just like a this is super detailed. It weird is detailed. Stuff to talk about. But the last thing I'll say is, if uh, you would like to vape, I think rosin is the best way to get your extract. You put like the whole nug in between two heated plates, and it squeezes it together, and then out comes this like beautiful oil and yeah it's like that golden is, that is what you vaporize that's the that's the best way that's for the sure cleanest yeah way. you because you 100 percent know the safest. obviously there's like really talented extractionists out there that do it perfectly that'll do it way better than what i'm doing with my rosin press but like if you really want to know what's in it you get it from a reputable grower and press it yourself and you'll have your own your own wax um and then also you can ingest it with tinctures or edibles where it's baked into candies. Absolutely, yeah. How do you feel about those? I think as long as you start with a small dose and wait a long period of time for it to kick in, I think it's always great. I think micro-dosing cannabis is great for everybody. I think taking large doses of edibles is not great for most people, and most people don't really know what they can take. So after 40 minutes to an hour they're like oh this isn't working and then they take more and then they have a freak out and have a horrible night so just start slow like like most things just start slow low and slow and and test and test don't just go for it or you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> but it, it can't in responsible uh, responsible uh, responsibly used <laughs> it, it, it will definitely be helpful and you, like you said already, like to use it as a conference room with yourself. What do you mean by that? So cannabis um, in a positive way can make you an introvert in the sense where you can actually have a conversation with yourself and kind of check in with yourself, see how things are going. You know, a lot of the time, that's what meditation is, right? That's what I was about to say. A lot of the time... Uh, people don't take that time to do that, to do that, to check in with themselves. And then they kind of start spiraling in a negative direction and maybe years pass, you know, and then they've headed, they've headed down this path that's negative for so long that they kind of become who they are. I like to use cannabis and meditation in conjunction, uh, to figure that out, to like see what's going on, look past the ego and uh, find out kind of who I want to be and what it would take to get there and and make sure I'm heading down a path that I would be happy to see the result of. So I think that's, I think that's one of my favorite things about cannabis. I think that's using it in like a more sacred way too. Oh yeah. I think there's a lot, a lot of healthy ways to use cannabis, which is what I also like about it is it's not, it's not a one trick pony. Let me put it that way, I guess. Um, do you meditate often? I do. I meditate quite often. Well, how do you like to meditate? What's your favorite style? Many different ways. I love, um, I love like a steam room very much. So that's like my favorite place to meditate, but unfortunately I don't really have one anymore. 
uh used to at this gym i used to go to in hermosa beach and it was awesome but for some reason california just like hates steam rooms it's just like nowhere i can't find them apparently they're only at equinox and they're at the Wii spa yeah i need to go to the Wii spa shout out Wii spa no stop shouting them out they don't pay me (laughs) (laughs) just kidding (laughs) and then uh yeah so what i do is I'll, i'll as you know i just like steam the hell out of our shower bathroom area and i love to just like meditate in the dark sometimes like that that's one of my favorites also we have a meditation nook in our house um and i'll put on like my headphones to like some pretty peaceful sounds and do some meditation that way a lot of the time it's guided that's what the best do you like guided or no oh do you like guided like guided words i've done many guided meditations many uh as somebody with extreme anxiety you will do anything to figure out how to fix that problem uh so i've tried them all uh a lot of most of the free ones I don't pay for I don't pay for meditations very often but uh I've tried a lot let me just say that some are super cheesy and will snap me out of a meditation almost instantly I just can't even handle it like the way that people talk or like the words they use or their accents like sometimes it just doesn't land so you got to find somebody you relate to I guess there's this girl on inside timer Katie Tyner look her up oh I've met this one <laughs> <laughs> they just made my meditation go live so well, that's the best thing about dating a uh, a meditation guru is uh, that's also really nice. If I'm really kind of sliding off the deep end, my my lovely lady Katie here is always there for me. That's the best thing about dating me. About dating a meditation guru. <laughs> I was highly specific I in call that statement. I think you are. I think you do a great job. People asked before the podcast, I asked if anyone had questions and several people asked how we met. So I want to hear your story because I tell it a lot. Do you tell it differently? I, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> how did we meet? <sighs> okay. How we met. I'm trying to think the first time we met. You don't know off the top of your head. Well, we kind of met twice in two different scenarios, right? So like first, I believe we met outside my friend uh, Gary's house. He had their apartment and you guys, you and your sister lived across the way. Um, And then he lived with uh, these two twins named uh, Will and Ben. And they were like, God, there's this beautiful girl across the street. I was like, why don't you guys just go say hi? And they're like, because I was like a fifth year in college at that time, I, I did a victory lap. And I felt like I was too cool for school, I guess. And I was like, I mean, just talk to him. Like, you can't, you you uh, aren't going to, like, meet anybody if you don't try to talk to him, basically. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I was like, I'll go talk to her. I mean, she has a cute dog. I'll go, like, dog. So I went outside and I talked to you about your dog, Roxy, who ended up being my dog now, which is even crazier to think about. Uh, I stole her, is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is all for Roxy. <laughs> this was a long con to get the pup. Uh, so we talked about the dog for a while and uh, I think, I think that was just our first point of contact. I don't think we exchanged numbers or anything. And then I had started working at this local bar at, uh, our college and Katie shows up one day and I was just like, wow, I remember meeting you like a few, a few days ago. The story does not check out. First part of the story checked out, (laughs) then you missed it. Did I? When we were talking outside the apartment, you invited me to the Hawk. You were like, I'm Barton tonight. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I just got hired there yesterday, is what I said to you. That is, that sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah, this sense. is all checking out. Okay. So I took my other sister and we went to the Hawk because you invited us. Yes, now I remember. Okay, so Katie, <laughs> yeah, so I'm bartending. I, I get it mixed up. I, was, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever bartended before, but sometimes you drink. 
and then if you drink a lot on many nights of bartending, the nights start blurring together. <laughs> anyway, me and Katie, we she college le- in college, yeah, specifically. We don't really drink that much anymore. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I was bartending in like probably the the lamest room in the bar. There's like five rooms in this bar. I was bartending in this room called the Boom Boom Room, which was highly classy. Uh, and Katie and her sister brave through this nightmare room to come see me. And, uh, I just remember I was like giving them free drinks all night, like trying to make me look cool basically. And, uh, Katie leaves me a note that says nightcap with a question mark. And I've never heard anybody use the phrase nightcap outside of like maybe like a 1960s, like spy film or something. <laughs> So, and it just like, it's awesome. I was just like, I love this. Like, so, uh, I end up calling Katie and we meet up and we, uh, we end up hanging out at her house, just like stayed up all night talking. It was awesome. Yeah. We stayed up till the sun came up. Till the sun came up. And I remember being like, God damn it. Like I just met somebody that I could totally fall in love with. And I was like, I'm going to California next year in my my one thing is to not meet anybody because we were in Kansas. It was like to not meet anybody so I can get the hell out of here. Like, I don't that's know what, what you say is what happened. Yeah. So that's what happened. And then, uh, I kind of, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess it turned out well, but I, I ghosted Katie for a little bit. Yeah. There. You ghosted me. So I, like we said, we talked till the sun came up. I was full on in love, told my mom about you, which I would never <laughs> do. I never let my mom in on my <laughs> interests and my birthday came and went and I thought for sure you were going to tell me happy birthday I'm like he's going to contact I didn't, me for sure we didn't even know each other we well Facebook enough friends. to know birthdays we'd, we'd been friends. together I told you or we knew each other one night you know whatever he goes to me for three weeks then we show up at the bar for our like meeting um, to start the school year off and I was finally going to start bartending and I remember seeing you and just glaring at you from across the room like the whole night and then the next night came and went, I think, and we both bartended at the end of the night. You're like, where'd you go? Like, why didn't you talk to me? I'm like, get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. But then we became friends and we were friends all year. Yeah. We ended up being like best friends for my, my last year of college, Katie's last year of college as well. Uh, and it was awesome. We bartended together like every night and then we'd go back to her house and we'd just hang out and play like we Mario Kart and like... Oh, yeah. smoke a little bit and it was just like super fun and that was an awesome way like I'd never really become friends with a girl before I think like so it was interesting it was like we started as friends and then fell in love again I guess <laughs> I never fell out of love <laughs> That's what that well was. I mean obviously I didn't either um, but then I moved to Denver and you moved to Los Angeles correct and we were still friends we talked but not that often and then I moved back to Kansas and then we talked quite a bit over the phone mm-hmm. and then I ended up moving to San Diego and then you lived here and then we started dating. Yeah. We hung out a few times as friends. You were dating somebody else at the time and then uh, you broke up with them and we started dating pretty quickly after that. Yeah. And then you moved to LA and now we're here now we started a company and we're in a podcast studio we built. <laughs> in the present moment. <laughs> and we're speaking together on a podcast show. <laughs> um, so let me just ask you, how do you feel about Moon, Body, Soul kind of taking over both of our lives? 
I'm fine with it. Do you feel like it gets in the way? I think work in general just gets in the way of people's lives. So, yes, I do think it gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there... I don't know. I don't know what to ask you about that. I just wanted to ask you your thoughts on Midbody Soul. Uh, what are your thoughts on turning three, Katie? You've put in a shitload of work. Well, as I... I, as I <laughs> So eloquently, we'll say right now. What they say on Shark Tank is it takes you three years and then you're profitable and blah, blah, blah. So I've made it. You did it. You got <laughs> through the nightmares. Huh? <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if Katie's talked about this before on, on this podcast, but we are Shark Tank fanatics. We love dreams and we love dreams that come true and we love assholes that have really dumb dreams that try to make them true as well. Katie would probably say it much nicer than me. Uh, <laughs> but it's so funny when somebody comes on with a terrible product and they're like so down on it. And I would never, ever, ever go on Shark Tank. Ever. It's a terrible decision. Terrible. But it's super fun to watch. It's super fun to watch. And I feel like watching Shark Tank has helped me with Moon, Body, Soul a lot. Oh, yeah. This is where it's going with it, though. So at the beginning of every episode, it goes, you should quit your job and go for it. And we would hear this, like, we'd watch, because we hadn't watched really any Shark Tank that much until maybe a year or two ago. So we had, was, like, 10 yeah. seasons to get through. Probably, like, a year and a half. So back to back, like, every night we'd hear, like, multiple times a night, quit your job and go for it. I quit your we job and go for it. <laughs> and both of us had jobs that, I mean, they were fine jobs. I know they helped us get to where we were, I guess. But we were getting fed up with, like, the nine to five work life. And both of us were commuting like crazy. And within like a month of each other, we both quit our jobs and went for it. I do think that we were brainwashed a little in the best way. Oh, I try to brain my, brainwash myself ugh, myself positively all the time. <laughs> but I feel like that is, I don't know. I've, I worked for um, two years before quitting my job. So I was working full time while doing Moon Body Soul. But I think that that's a really good thing, actually, because I kind of believe you shouldn't like force your dream to make you money. It costs so much money to live. And if you're going to put that kind of pressure on it, it's going to take away the fun of it. It's going to make it a very stressful thing to do. So I think that doing both jobs was really like helpful in a sense. If I would have quit my job too soon, I feel like it could have ended badly with. That's fair. But at the same time, like you had to go all in on it. Oh, for sure. And when I say I was working two jobs, I mean, I was, I was legitimately waking up at 6 a.m. and going can, working till Maybe I should tell this part because I was <laughs> the one witnessing you doing it. Uh, Katie would come home. She would work in Venice and we'd drive to like an hour from Venice to where we live every day back and forth. And then she would come home after a nine to five and then work another five hours at least Mm-hmm. every night on moon body soul and i was just like get so upset because i'd be like i want to spend time with my girlfriend but at the same time i was like this is like insanely admirable like she's like crushing it right now so i can't be like upset and like this is what i wanted you to do obviously i was like super excited about you starting a company i thought that would be awesome for you so it was it's obviously rewarding but it was like push and pull but at the same time, it's just something I I like always remember because it's just like I've I don't think I've met anybody that works that hard. Thank you. It was awesome, and it was just like one of those things. Like no, I'm sure you haven't really talked about it too much, just because like it's a weird thing to talk about. But like you've been like we started in this like tiny apartment in Santa Monica, 
with the smallest kitchen in the history of kitchens, like the smallest kitchen. And Katie would be like making large scale production runs like that are taking over like her entire 600 square foot apartment. And we'd be, I remember we packed all that stuff for one of those booths or something. I can't remember now. We were doing, we just like made so many product stickers one night. It's just like all over the leather couch and everywhere. Oh yeah. And eventually we moved to a big loft with an industrial kitchen and it was That's like- That's why we live here. Yeah, that was like a whole nother step. And now it's, I mean, and everything, going all in was the key though, really. I think so. But I think, first off, thank you for wanting to move here with me. But I feel like when we moved here, it was form and body soul. But now, like, you're more in love with this loft than I am. You shouldn't have done it. <laughs> like, you turned this into a creative, like, warehouse for you, which is great. I love it. Like, we have a huge photo studio when you walk in. Now we have the podcast studio. We have a movie theater, a music room. Yeah. But we've, like, this Editing is... Editing station. Yeah. All the equipment that we would ever need to create anything. It's, like, starting to become... This is definitely a, a business. Oh, yeah. It's like our bed inside of a business, basically, at this point. Our actual home living quarters are very tiny compared to yeah, our business quarters. You hear this, tax man? <laughs> <laughs> no, we are legitimately, we use this every piece of this love for It's business. For sure. Absolutely. But Luckily, our business is what we love. For That's sure. the loophole, guys. That's the real loophole. You can write off everything if your business is what you love. Yeah, then your whole life. That's what oh. everything. I'm talking dope trips. <laughs> if you're doing it for work. Yeah, just make everything a work trip. If you love it, it doesn't matter. True. True. We we've gone on a lot of vacations that aren't real vacations. They're work disguised as vacations. We've only actually gone on one real vacation. It's true. But then but you still get the vacation. Like you're still like especially you if your job is like You do, but you have to admit that that first vacation we took for your birthday last year was like the best Oh, it was so badass. <laughs> It was awesome. Like our first actual vacation. Yeah, that was great. So, yeah, no, I think that it does go back to, though, doing what you love, but then going all in at the right time. I mean, I was all in even while I was working, technically. Like, I was putting as much as I could into this. But then when I finally felt supported, I quit. And I remember asking a lot of people that had done it before, like, when do you know? When do you know when to quit? And a lot of people would say, oh, you'll just know when. And it's true. Like exactly the day I was like, oh, my God, I cannot do this anymore. And I feel supported. I'm ready. And when that day came, it was a really fun day. Yeah. Watch Shark Tank. Read Big Magic. That book's awesome. Bentley didn't read it, but a few times I would be reading it. And I would just be so like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I would read it out loud to you. I remember you. You liked it. Yeah, if you were into that kind of way of learning and experiencing that, I think it would be a positive. I think sometimes I'm just a cynic and I'm incapable of some things, but I could see it helping people for sure. Big magic's great. I think that really helped me with my beginnings in my business. It's all talking about like letting an idea come to life. Yeah. I think, well, I think I've already, I think I have a lot of similar beliefs to that book from what you've told me. Yeah, you do already. But I loved, I loved that book. But those were things that I read. And in there, she definitely talks about not putting so much pressure on your art to make you money in the beginning. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's important. I th that's the podcast for me right now. Oh, for sure. This is not, this is both fun for us. This isn't the, the breadwinner. This is straight up for content's sake. We just want to do it because it's fun. And we want to like have these memories recorded. It's to me, I think that's the coolest part about it is it's, it's one of the things I do that I haven't monetized really. And I just like, I love it. 
But I feel like you haven't really listened to my podcast. I have listened to your podcast. You keep going, I don't know if you've said this on your podcast. I haven't listened to all of them. I told you I listened to five episodes, four and a half episodes. I've listened to every single podcast of yours. Well, I really appreciate your support. I do. (laughs) Um, What else? What do you think about Moonbody Soul's third birthday? I think it's nuts. I think it's time has flown by and it's a little bit scary. It's flown by so much so I was like doing real math this morning like there's no way it's three years. It's flown by but at the same time if you think of like the pain points you're like that seems like fucking forever ago. True. You know what I mean? (laughs) Imagine you remember when those uh, at one point we were having a reaction with the uh, the moon dust something was happening like so like we had moisture from like like, so basically if any moisture gets on the moon dust, it starts to do its thing where it like fizzes, you know? And we, uh, some plant that we started with one time was like, it was causing some sort of moisture and we couldn't get to the bottom of it forever. And we finally figured it, figured it out. It's like things like that. It was so long ago. Yeah. But. Well, it's all been just trial, trial and error when you're learning something yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How would you even know that? Like some suppliers just don't do the right thing so that's what's so cool about these products is like katie's made sure almost to a ridiculous extent that it's like the best product you can possibly get so like i would i mean i'm just your dedication to it is is amazing yeah it's a live commercial for moon body soul (laughs) yeah conversations with moon body soul what's your favorite product uh, I feel the, like you've tried most of them. The moon uh, scrub is awesome. I've I have a personal connection to that as being one of the smell testers during the the creation with your mother. Oh yeah, vanilla lavender. Um, and I also really like the balm, the body balm. That's my favorite for sure. You've also taken a high moon bath. High moon bath, yeah. I just don't bath, do the bath very much. Babe. I know it sounded weird to <laughs> say bathe. I don't know. I stopped at bath too. I don't uh, bath. I don't bath much. <laughs> They're uh, not big enough to fit you. Yeah, that's the problem. There aren't there aren't many large bathtubs out there. We have found a few though, and I've I've given them a, a go. I really do like that uh, high moon ball though. My skin feels amazing afterwards. And but I like the scrubs. The scrubs are where it's at. It's for me. I'm a shower shower cat. Shower cat. <laughs> It's a funny thing to think about because cats don't like water. I am trying to right now um, possibly release a product for the shower that would help with your steaming because you like eucalyptus so much. I am looking forward to this product very much so. Yeah. I like like a eucalyptus in the air in a steam room. I think it really opens your lungs up and helps you breathe. Breathing is the key as, as we all know, right? For sure. Yeah, I I need to put more focus on it, but there's just been so much, so much to do. That could be a fun way to uh, market it too, is with uh, a kind of deep breathing along with it. I can have a meditation for it. It'd be cool. Oh, yeah, but I guess you can really use speakers if you're in a steamy scenario. Yeah, maybe it's a practice, like something written down that you just do, like a certain, I don't know. <laughs> don't give away all our secrets. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> Um, so I think one of the things that's really interesting between you and I is that we don't agree on much. (laughs) I think we agree on a lot. (laughs) No, we agree on a lot. Except this right now. We're not agreeing. On what? What do you? On whether or not we agree. Oh, I get it. I get it. 
cool, 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 cool. Um, no, I think that you're pretty open-minded to my open-mindedness, if that makes sense. But we don't like. I guess when you see someone who's really spiritual and out there, as I would think I would fall into that category, they're usually with somebody who's also in that same category. I thought you deduced that that wasn't the case. No, I've deduced that. Did, what was Maybe the people word? think that, but Alice and I, my best yeah, friend I thought and I, you and your, I thought you and Alice deduced that. That's we rarely call it the spiritual case. heavy. Yeah. Like if a if a guy is spiritual heavy or spiritual light, this could be a person too. Spiritual heavy, spiritual light. I feel like you're spiritual light. Huh. I'm spiritual heavy. Well, if you're saying spiritual means uh, astrology specifically, then yes. But if you're Not saying spiritual astrology. in general, then I would say no. Not just, just astrology. A lot of things. Astrology, crystals, cards. This is all in the same realm though, of one type of spirituality. It's not spirituality as a whole. Do you know what I mean? What is your belief on it then? I mean, the, the, you're like discounting like any higher power belief or anything like that. You're when saying that like I'm spiritual light. You know what I mean? I just mean that you when that you don't fully like. Uh, practice all the things I do where like I think they have value it's just a different form of spirituality exactly oh you think I'm discounting you by saying the word light yeah I think you're thinking only one thing it can be considered spiritual and when I think there are multiple realms of spirituality okay maybe light and heavy are not the words to use then I guess you could say but there's just I think it's interesting that you don't agree with me on a lot of things I, I agree I think we don't I don't think we necessarily land um, especially when it comes to astrology and what else? Like maybe, I don't know. I think there's an energy to crystals. I believe that. So I don't, I don't think that we disagree with that. I just don't think they have very specific medicinal remedies based on which stone it is, but I think that they definitely have an energy. And I think that it's like things locked in time as well it's interesting but wouldn't they have different energies just from being different stones for sure yeah but who's to say that every uh let's say like black tourmaline has the exact same energy of some of it's older some of it's like i think there's a lot of variables other than just the type of stone what i kind of say and i don't know if you've heard me say this before but like especially all of these books that talk about crystal energy and different crystals mm-hmm that's one person's perspective on it who feels super tapped into the stone and they're telling you what they get out of it. But you see that's the the rub for me, right? Yeah, that's the problem. It's <laughs> there's one, no there's no I'm factual saying. anything. It's all just I based say off take it with a grain of salt because it's one person's perspective. Try it out for yourself. See what you think. I think that stones work really well with intention setting. I think intention setting works really well. For sure, but a stone is a physical thing that you can like embody that intention with so when you hold on to it it's like a reminder it's like so a do you think you could make that with any physical thing um i guess you technically could but i don't know if it holds like i really feel like the stone holds on to the intention if that makes sense okay but i do think they're just beautiful in general but i, I always, think stones are awesome but uh, babe like the stuff with uh i don't remember what you call it but when there's like a little bit of ancient water frozen in time oh in hydros yeah i think there's a lot of things maybe frozen in time in a stone and i think there's something powerful about that in itself i also think like there's a quite literal 
scientific energy about it. Oh, for sure. That's what's powering yeah. everything. Our watches, our phones, like there's clear quartz in almost everything. Even if it's lab grown, it's clear quartz. I'm just, I just think uh, if you believe in science that you can't pick and choose. I think you either believe in science or you don't. That's not true. I don't know how you can pick and choose scientific science, things and not. Science is great. I believe in science. Well, if you do, then but like you would have what? to, everything in life would have to fall into that, like be able to p- pass the scientific process, right? Like if you believe in the scientific process. I think the scientific pro- process is great. It's gotten us to where we are. Okay. I think it's a way that you can understand the world. Everything is just labeling and understanding the world and how it works. That's what humans are trying to do. They're trying to dissect everything and use it in a scientific way. Okay. But there's some things that cannot be understood through science, like why you and I love each other. So, like, how does our love go through a scientific process? I mean, I think that we will eventually understand that more. I think there is. You think it's all like pheromones in our body? Well, I think everything is magic until it's science. So, I think there will eventually be some sort of explanation to. Not that it's not a a beautiful explanation. Like, it could be something amazing that is had made us connect over time and space. But I think that there is. A reason for everything. I think like but every science cause just has hasn't effect. gotten there yet. So then, yeah. So we're just shooting in the dark right now, though. That's my point. So like, I can only take anything like a grain of salt. That's my, I guess my. But issue. you can take crystals and you can hook them up to different frequency readers, and that'll tell you what frequency every this, stone. Yeah, is I agree. This is what I was saying earlier. I think Same with plants, a oils, like everything has a zone. frequency for sure. Absolutely. I think your stone that was sitting right there was messing with our audio earlier. I took it out of the room. We don't hear the issue anymore. I'm just saying, like, I moved it off the table and it might lessened. It wasn't like an immediate one or I would have, like, freaked out and brought you in well, here, but it did, like, I go came away. back in here and I brought Shungite in and I put it all around the room and I feel like it helped solve oh, the problem. Town. Shungite is uh, <laughs> basically, like, of carbon, I think, and... You're putting carbon in the atmosphere? That is so not green. Carbon? Shut up. <laughs> diamonds are carbon. You're putting a bigger carbon footprint in this room. Right Shungite now. and diamonds are both carbon. It just has to do with how much pressure was applied to the carbon. Okay. They're both carbon. Um, Shungite is mainly uh, from Russia, and apparently they use it like to combat Wi-Fi signals, Bluetooth, like a lot of different frequencies in the air to like get it down to a baseline. It's also used as a literal water purifier. Like I'm not talking energetically. Like it literally can purify your water. It's carbon. Yeah, it's, I believe in these things. Uh, yeah, so I think I brought, these are very powerful things. They just I brought have some the Shungai blades into this room, and I like put them on the table, and I put one underneath that stone over there, as you can see. Oh, nice. But I bring stones into the room, and I'm glad that you're saying that you're like open-minded about crystals because I thought this was going to be a different conversation. <laughs> Why did you think we have this conversation a lot? We do, but sometimes you're just like, I don't know. You've had some experiences with some of the stones I've had you hold. Some things you hate. Yeah, some things feel like they're giving me cancer in my hand. I don't know why I have so much negative energy. What was that stone? I hate that stone. What was it? It was so bad. Bentley doesn't like hematite. Was it hematite? Yeah. What color is it? It's like a silver, dark color. Oh, God. It felt like it was like taking the creativity out of my body and just like killing me on the inside. I don't know what it was. This is the first thing I've ever felt like adverse about any crystal. This is what happened. I had a ball of hematite. And if you've ever held hematite, this is a very tiny, like less than a gumball size ball. 
It's it's what it's, they uh, base Kryptonite off of from Superman. Is it? No, it's not. Get out <laughs> of here. I'm just saying it's bad. <laughs> it is weighted. Um, it's super heavy. It's like three times specific gravity. So the the molecules, everything in it is so so dense that it's way heavier than something else of that size. So it's like a super heavy. It's basically all iron hematitis. And so I was telling Bentley that and showing him how when I hold it on my hand, it like felt like it was moving on its own just because it was so weighted. It wanted to go to like all the divots in my hand. And I handed it to you and you chucked it across the room. <laughs> it was horrible. I think you just didn't like the weightedness of it. Kate, that's just, think about how many stones I've held. How many stones you've shown me. I've never felt that way before. It's not like I was just like, this is too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just hated it. It was horrible. There's other stones you've liked, though. I love stones. I mainly love stones. Like, they're awesome. I've I've been collecting rocks since I was a small small child. I love I love crystals and rocks. But there's some things that you're really particular about that you don't. Not just like the feeling, but you don't think they're cool looking. I don't like citrines. Yeah, you don't like the yellow stuff. They look like stained versions of beautiful crystals get out of here <laughs> i get it there's some good ones though i, I disagree with myself right away because there are a few really cool ones that you've showed me but like early on some of them are like just kind of a gross color not for me well i bring a stone into the room for every person kind of like comedians and cars getting coffee a different car for every person is that yeah you? yeah so i bring okay. a different crystal in so what do you got? The crystal I chose for you is that big smoky quartz. I like a smoky quartz. With a piece of black tourmaline in the middle. You know I love me some black tourmaline. Yeah, so it is, um, smoky quartz is said to be like an anti-anxiety grounding stone. And that's how I feel when I hold it. It feels like a gravity blanket. Feels nice. It's got a good, um, it's got a good grip to it. It's I like, like a stone that a fits in your quartz. palm well. Yeah, that's a great shape, especially for your hands. It's a big mm-hmm. one. Um, it's a type of quartz though. So they're like really easy to care for. You can get them wet. That one's chipped. Sorry. I almost sliced my hand there. Don't touch the tip. It's chipped. (laughs) Um, but the reason why I chose it for you is because I feel that way when you give me a hug, I feel like anti-anxiety. That's how I feel when you give me a hug. There we go. Smoky quartz. (laughs) I love it. But, uh, that one though, I did chip when traveling. Just side note. You should always, like, traveling is when you're going to break a crystal. You should wrap them up really well. It was very sad. Yeah, travel stones seem a little counterintuitive. To travel with them? These bigger ones, I think. I know. I just wanted to take it with me when I went to, I think I was going to Arizona. Yeah, that's cool. And I had it in, like, a really light bag, and it it chipped. I love these quartz because they look like chaos on the inside. It's just, like, it looks like a car accident frozen in time like on the inside because it's just like shattered glass you know yeah it's really easy to get lost in them it's crazy um but yeah smoky quartz a type of quartz um i'm going mining in a couple of weeks going back to arkansas to mine some crystals they mainly have clear quartz there and also prepare and kind of research and finalize things for a Arkansas retreat that we ex- announced during Alice's podcast. That's cool. Um, but you might join us. Yeah, for the October one? Yeah. Or whenever we do it. Late September, October. Yes, I would, uh, I'd like to. Like the, I mean, the retreat looks awesome, the area we're looking at. And I also um, 
would love to shoot the video for you to kind of document the time there. Are you going to dig? That was my question. I'm not sure. I might a little bit. It's really fun. I can't tell if, if I would enjoy it or not. You think I would? What's interesting is I feel like people either love it or you hate it. And it's hard for me to guess because the first time I went crystal mining, I went with my Nana and Papa, which it was their idea to go, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that were like, Katie, do you want to go to Arkansas and go mining? Um, my Nana, my Papa, my aunt, Tracy, um, my cousin and his friend, and my mom and me. And if you were to tell me who was going to love it the most, I thought for sure I would. I thought for sure like my grandpa would and maybe like Cubby. And I was totally wrong. My mom and I were the only ones that were like so stoked on it because it was pretty hot in the middle of summer. Yeah, yeah. My mom and I were so But you're going so in the stoked. fall a little bit, right? Yeah. So it'll be cooled down and nice. Yeah, that's why we're going later. I'm kind of kicking call. myself the last three years. First I went in July, then I went in June. Now I'm going in May. It's like I can't learn to just yeah, go in the spring. Yeah, hottest time possible. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> I'm hoping May is going to be okay. But... um yeah, my mom and I were the only ones that were like really like wanted to stay longer. We paid more money. We stayed longer and dug more. Um, and I never would have guessed that's who would have enjoyed it. So I can't I can't decide if you're going to love it. I will love it if I'm finding things like I'm not going to enjoy just digging in dirt for no reason, though. Like, but I think you found some really cool places where you're like guaranteed to find something. Oh, right? yeah. I've tried to I've gone to every public mine in Arkansas. I feel like in that area, I've tried them all out now. And I've also gone to some private land and I'm fingers crossed that we get to go to this private land. I mean, I think I'm really going to enjoy this actually, now that I'm saying it. I think you're going to like I've it. I've just had like shitty experiences at like quarries and stuff, like weird places trying to do when I was younger. But like, I think it'd be pretty sweet in a place that's like an actual like place that like there has tons are of it. so many crystals around that you don't even have to dig especially um this one mine that we're going to go to where you find smaller ones when you get out of the truck like they truck everyone out you look on the ground and they're like you see them. that's awesome. like you don't even need to dig you could just walk there's two different methods you can walk and try to pick them up or you can dig which fun fact it's not illegal to take a crystal off the top of someone's land Really? It's just if you dig, it is? If you dig, it's illegal if it's like private land. That's interesting. If there's like mining rights. So I wouldn't even have thought about that. But you're still trespassing technically? But you can take I guess it. you could get in trouble for trespassing still, right? But as long as it's in your there. pocket, they can't get it back. <laughs> Maybe trespassing would like. Let's get people trespassing. Let's out. get them out. But there. apparently, the law, at least in California, is uh, if it's on the surface, you're allowed to take it. So I think that's cool. But yeah, that's fair. Anyways, no, wouldn't we go in Arkansas? I've done um, tourmaline mining here. I've done halite mining. My favorite is the quartz mining in Arkansas. And I think it's because it is so prevalent. You're going to find stuff. I think that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Then that place we're staying. Top notch. Bees knees. Everything's finalizing when we go. So I don't I don't can't share everything yet. But keep, keep it's your looking ears peeled. good. It's looking real good. It's looking fun. Um, I'm also back to the astrology thing. Yeah, I really do want to ask you about astrology. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I got to say, I'm more open to it than I have been in the past, but in a, not in such a specific way. But I do think that the placement of the planets based on like gravity and the energy and everything can affect humans on Earth. Like I think that definitely could. Just like the moon affects the tides. I, I really do. I think there's got to be a scientific 
Exactly. But it'd be impossible to test right now because we aren't multi-planetary civilization. I feel like it would be a testable thing, but there are just so many variables. And I always think that no matter what industry you're in, there's going to be people that exploit or do things like, I don't know. Like, I feel like some people in astrology, they're just totally like doing it for money and it's not. Well, a, that's, that's my problem with tarot cards. Yeah, that's your problem with that's all That's my of that. problem with astrology is I feel like people are exploiting the weak and the people that are in vulnerable positions for money. And that rubs me the wrong way. What if it's not exploiting? What if it's just... Gypsies have been exploiting people for money with tarot cards from the beginning of time. What do you think tarot cards are? Predicting people's futures, but you do it, I guess, a different way. But like everything that like, you know, these cards have been used for that. Like at some point you've seen it. For sure. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like every industry has people that are exploiting people. Um, more Some more than others though, for sure. Like I think... This industry is a self-care about... industry. It's mm -hmm. like something people really like are really open to persuasive thinking, you know, more so than other industries. Like people are more open-minded to like new ideas. Couldn't you say so that they're people easily could be exploited. doing that in cannabis? Like they're saying that cannabis is going to solve all these problems that maybe that it's not researched well enough? For sure. But I'm begging for more research. I'm not taking it as fast. So am I. Yeah. But that's why I've done these little tests within myself. I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I've read your astrology chart. I've read mine. I follow the moon. I follow some other astrology. Um, and to me, it's like ringing true, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's a different lens to view the world with. Same with like, like human design. You totally do not agree with human design. My problem is with, with all of this is we're all flawed. We're all humans. And nobody has the answers. None of us do. I, I can't make that any more clear. None of us do. We're all a bunch of ignorant fools wandering around on a rock in space trying to figure out how to get through this life. None of us have the answers. No matter how fancy somebody looks, no matter the words they use, they don't have the answers. So like, I don't know. So it makes it tough when somebody's trying to tell me they have the answers because I know they don't. Like, what if it's not the answers, it's just a way to view your life differently? I think that's fine. And I think for some people that works really well. And I think that I've definitely taken um, bits and pieces from other people's life experiences and it's helped me grow in a different way and see things differently. And I think that's always helpful. That's the way that I view tarot cards, even if you don't believe that there are any sort of means of communication with spirit or with other beings or future anything like that each card is actually has a really good theme of something to focus on throughout your day yeah i think that's cool and i do <laughs> think people can have an unhealthy relationship with it where they can't even make any decisions without pulling cards that's that is obviously unhealthy yeah and, and then it, well, sometimes there's like a especially with these like psychic types there's a fear tactic to get you to come back yeah. And pay them more money for more readings. That's I've like, never paid a person for a reading in my life. And I think that's insane to charge for a, free, for a reading if it is real. Because wouldn't you just want to help people? No, I see charging just because <laughs> I see like an energy exchange. Like you're taking your time out to do something. I guess. I just think if I had the answers, I would just give it to somebody for free. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a fee for it. I think that's when it makes it a little shady. But that's just my, my two cents on the subject, I guess. I get it. I do. 
I think it's just like I would shout it from the rooftops if I knew something that was going to help. Well, everybody. that's why I'm shocked that you don't, you're not more open to medical medium. To the guy, what? the guy, medical medium. I've tried to talk to you about him. I don't before. know what that is. I'll just remind you because you told me that this guy doesn't have the answers. Is what you say. Um, I started this sentence, and I know you're going to say the same thing again. When this guy was younger. He heard a voice that told him he remember instantly. No, I just, it sounds just ridiculous already. You heard a voice that said his aunt, I believe, had lung cancer. I forgot about this. And so he went and told his aunt that she had lung cancer and, and she went and got tested and she did. And then he, like, he just is a medium for medical stuff, but most of his stuff Bentley, you're laughing, is completely free. Everything he shares is on a blog that's like free. He does have some books that you can buy, but like Is he pulling the influencer all... card though and monetizing? No. And that's what he says. I promise. He's open about it. You understand. He's open that about stuff. it. He's very open about it. He's the guy that started So he has no sponsors. He's the guy that no. If he does, he says like this is a sponsored thing. But that doesn't mean he's not getting paid for it. I don't even think I've seen him say that. Let me t- explain. Yeah, yeah. I've been following him for a while. My mom's bought me his books. He's the guy who started this like celery juice revolution. People are drinking celery juice. And... Selling books, babe. Yeah. All that same information is available on his website. Okay. I've Googled things from his books and it's the exact same stuff. So you guys don't even have to buy his books. Everything's online. Okay. But if you want a hard copy, you can buy a book. So I'm shocked you don't like take more of his stuff seriously because he's not like charging for it. Well, you just proved he is charging for it. So like, it's not really. With these hard copy books, you can still find all the info not. And he has, he does like free um, podcasts. He does like talks on his Instagram all the time. Like all he's, of these things are to make him a more reputable author. So people buy his books though. So how are people supposed to pay for life? What? How is he supposed to pay for his life? I mean, I think it's fine, but I think that once you start charging for life answers, I think it gets a little shady. I don't think they're answers. I think they're ways to care for yourself that is a different kind I just, of... I just do not believe that this guy is a, is a medical medium is my problem with this particular thing. Like, I think that's a ridiculous... Th- like, I feel like it's a reality TV show. I feel like, like now sounds... if my podcast ever gets big enough to have him on, he's not going to come on because... I him. hope he does. And then you can be like, my boyfriend thinks that you might be full of it. <laughs> But I'm glad that you helped your aunt. There are so many people, though, that have done this celery juice, my sister included, and it's completely helped them. And it's nuts because celery is just a bunch of minerals. Like celery is basically... um, Babe, your sister changed her diet entirely. It's like these are just causation versus facts. Even though she's changed her diet, she sometimes will randomly get... Like, think about it. Your gut biome changed entirely because of what you're putting in your body. And like, exactly. And and what his protocols are, are food related. I know, but like the celery juice wasn't the key. It was changing her diet entirely. I'm saying even with her current diet as is, no changes adding in the celery juice has like cleared up rashes or different things going on. Okay. I don't think celery is bad for you. I'm sure there's some medicinal benefits to celery, but I don't think it's a miracle cure. Like, I love that we have it recorded. You're just not letting me finish a story. Just so you How did I stop you? Wrong. How did I stop <laughs> you? You just go saying, babe, her food, her food. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Celery is basically just like cellulose, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that the green? I don't know anything about celery. Plant I'm not matter. a celery guy. It's basically like just the plant, like exoskeleton okay. filled with water and like salts, different kind of salts. 
But aren't there all kinds of nutrients and like chlorophyll? That's what turns it green. The nutrients are the salts. That's what I'm talking about. It's basically like chlorophyll, cellulose. I think that's the word. I'm not sure. Whatever makes up plants, and salt and water. Like that is celery. And so his protocol is that you juice um, up to 16 ounces. You're supposed to start out with smaller because it might make you sick. But first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. So you're basically pumping all these uh, different salts and stuff into your body. And it like helps you in a lot of different ways, skin issues, all sorts of things. But there are an insane amount of people that are like, holy cow, this, like someone was using his smoothie recipe and was able to like cure their vision that was very poor. What? I mean, just a healthy diet does these things. Like, I just don't think he used his his medium abilities to figure this out. I think these are just basic nutritional choices. But you don't believe that he had like an intuition to be like, we should be putting these things together. You know, actually I take back what I said. I'm stoked that this guy exists because there are going to be less people that are obese and less people with diabetes and less people living unhealthy lives, regardless of the crazy path that they got there on. I'm stoked that they're doing it. So I take back any negative thing about this guy. I just don't personally believe he is a medium that can feel cancer in people. That seems like a reality TV show to me. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like he would be standing next to David Bland doing street magic. <laughs> Step right up, I'll kill ya. Yeah, doesn't it? It sounds like a snake oil salesman from like the early 1800s. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like maybe you just connect with cannabis so well. But like you're down to totally experience the cannabis plant in a certain way. Yeah, I'm not going to have some cannabis medium come to me and be like, I just smoked a bowl and now I can see your future. You know what I mean? That's kind of the difference. I think the celery could be totally valuable. I think that maybe he did stumble upon something with the way he's doing that, right? But it's as a nutritionalist. Hmm. So I'm down with that for sure. So do you not believe in intuition? I don't believe that anybody can tell the future. That's not telling the future. You, he wasn't like three million people are going to try celery juice and no, blah, he, blah, blah. Well, maybe he did. He just didn't tell anybody because he wanted to sell some books. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just assume it means talking to, or the future. I think the word medium means that you're accessing different, like you're conversing. Well, didn't he, or you're didn't he predict that his aunt was going to die of cancer and then he stopped? Not die of cancer. She, he just told her you have lung cancer. And she went and got checked and she had lung cancer. But she was also a smoker. We know. I don't know. No, Do we looked we into it. We looked into it. She was a smoker. So it's like now things you like, suddenly remember this guy. <laughs> no, I did. After you said the lung cancer thing, it clicked for me. We looked into it and that's like, I mean, there's a good chance somebody has lung cancer if they're a chain smoker. I just think some things are intuition. Some okay, things are common sense. But like, do you not believe in intuition? I totally believe in intuition. I think that that's one of the coolest. I, you make it seem like I don't believe in like human magic. I believe that there's a lot of magic between us. I believe there's like energies. I think there's something really interesting where you can sense, you can enter a room, not have any idea what happened in there a moment before, and you can sense what's going on. You can, you can feel different people's emotions. You can feel like, let's say somebody was like came in 10 seconds earlier with a gun and like is in the back getting the money, but you don't see him, but you see everybody else like kind of like, you can like feel the energy in there. Like you feel that stress. You're like, okay, something bad is happening in this room. Like, 
I don't know. I feel like you can feel that way when you're walking down the street and like somebody shady is behind you, you know, like these kinds of intuitions I think are very real. And I think it's something we've evolved over many, many years, um, to like kind of acquire, but I don't know. I think I, I totally believe in intuition. Okay. You don't think someone could have an intuition or like a gut To talk feeling. to the dead? I'm not saying to talk to the dead. He didn't talk to the dead. <laughs> well, these are all medium things. These are all things that people who claim they're mediums can do. I they need talk to, to the dead. The word medium they see the future. Means. There's a show called Medium, I believe, with Patricia Arquette, and I think she literally talks to the dead. I want to know what. <laughs> You know what's so crazy? And I love that we have these conversations. Bentley and I will talk like this a lot, like all night long about... We get heated. We get... I mean, it's this has been the most civil, thank God, for you guys <laughs> listening. Um, but we will have these conversations and I love it. But then I'm reminded, and I'm reading Alan Watts right now, that these words that we're speaking, even say we do agree on a point, the words can mean different things to us. There's accepted meanings, though. I get what you're saying, but there's there are, meanings. but in the end, like all these descriptions and like exchanging of our ideas in our head through words, there's limits to it too. Pause, like sure. I feel like I can't fully explain to you why I believe in certain things because there's some things that don't have words. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, I'm looking up the word medium on the computer next to me. <laughs> Huh. I mean, that's a hard word to look up. It's got like a billion meanings. It does have a lot, you guys. It's like it could be a type of art. It could be like the quality of something. It could be something that... Man, I need to be wearing my glasses right now. I can barely see my screen. Turn but up I will the tell you. I don't even know if that's going to help. A person claiming to be in contact with the spirits of the dead and to communicate <laughs> between the dead and the living. So you're right. That is medium. Yeah. So we're now... Maybe, maybe it's good we've looked up this definition. Do you believe that? I've never... Okay. Have you had this experience, I guess? First <laughs> have you off, talked to the dead? First off, I'm very lucky that I have not had anyone in my immediate family or circle or friends or anybody that I'm super close to pass away. I just haven't. Knock on wood. I'm like the luckiest person on earth um, that I haven't had to deal with that. I'm very lucky. But I've known people that have, and when I went on a yoga retreat to Bali, um, half of the group actually had lost somebody very close to them. Like some people had lost their mom, someone lost their brother, someone lost like people that were super close to them. Um, and they went to a medium in Bali. What are you about to say? Nothing. They went to a medium in Bali and they all had like very overwhelming experiences of where they actually felt like they were able to talk to these people through that. That's the closest I've come in contact with like anybody going to a medium. Um, but it felt like very like specifics, like it felt real. I've never experienced, so I can't say if I believe it or not, but I've been an acquaintance. Okay. So well, let me ask you a couple questions. So, we would you agree that somebody who has had a loss in their life is vulnerable and wants to be able to speak to the person that has died? For sure. Maybe more than anything, right? For sure. So, let's also surmise that a medium, if it's just a person, the person that's being one, 
also knows this and also knows that there are only a few people in your family that would affect you that much of a death, right? So you really, like, your percentage of guessing things has just gone way up. Like, you're guessing 26 letters out of the alphabet. You're guessing your your father was upset with you about something. Well, you've had about 70 years with your father. He's probably upset with you about something, you know? Like, there's always a rub with the family. Like, these guesses This is how are, you feel with astrology, too. You say that you keep it really general, and then it applies to everybody. And now you're kind of saying that with mediums too, like. Wait, what? What did you say? I missed what you said. I feel like with astrology, you kind of have the same. I have a different feeling about astrology, but I guess it's a skeptical one. If that's what you're asking. I don't think it's bad to be a skeptic. I don't. I think it's great. I think it's great that you. I think not being a skeptic is terrifying because that means you're susceptible to becoming somebody that will do anything that the media wants you to do, like or what anybody wants anybody you to wants do. you to do. But these days, the most powerful thing is the the media around you and the content you're ingesting. So, like, if you don't have a skeptical perspective on things, like you're probably just like a walking ad. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just feel like we're both speaking from places when it comes to the medium stuff in general that we've never experienced it so you can't just say if someone's being super general oh i've definitely i've watched like a billion medium shows yeah you're watching tv yes but they do they're like oh let me does his name start with a b like do you know somebody that his name starts to be like yeah my my uncle bob he he died last year and then they like because they're just excited you're like talking to them they'll like divulge more information and then you can just surmise like I mean, I literally could be a medium. Like, I, we could do this with somebody. Like, just to prove a point, I think it's not that hard. How do you feel about people that have not used a medium, but they feel like they've either in dreams talked to someone that has passed, or they've like seen them? See, this is the problem, or right? Things is happen. I want these things to be true. Like, I would prefer that I could talk to people like I, I'm freaking out right now saying this cause like great now maybe I don't get to talk to my my dead loved ones like cause obviously I would want to do that if if I if I lost somebody super important to me if I died would you go to a medium no definitely not that wouldn't be my step I would hope to god that we would be able to like connect on some spiritual level but I would not be going to a medium what if someone told you this person 100% you could talk to Katie should we have a code word right now so that you'll know if you're talking to the right medium? <laughs> well, we're doing it on air, so like every medium that watches this now knows. <laughs> oh shit! We'll have to decide it after we after we. Yeah, the we'll have like a safe word for that. We'll have a safe word for mediumship <laughs> if one of us shall pass. <laughs> I love that actually. We definitely. And then we'll crack the code. We really will. It may take one of us dying, but we'll get to the bottom of this, people. <laughs> But like I was saying, I want these things to be true. I think magic is awesome and I want magic to be true, but I also don't want to like be persuaded to do certain things based off of things that aren't based on facts, I guess. I understand what you mean by everyone being human and being like, no one can know more than other people. I mean, okay, let me, I, I wanted to go back to this. So... I think people know more than other people. I think there are, because I, I made a very general statement. I feel like there are mentors in life. I think there are people that have had experiences that you can benefit from. That's how I became the person that I am, is 100% from other people's experiences and learning from the people around me in trial and error. So, like, I shouldn't have said that, but I don't think that people know the answers to like life's answers and when people start saying they know life's answers and like the secret to like success and all this stuff like just like look at history it 
people have been pulling the same fucking scheme for hundreds are, of years. Who are you seeing right now that's saying I have the life answers? Come to me. I mean, we don't need to talk about it specifically, but like, some are you meaning do. just like they're saying it generally, or they're using, this or they're effect? charging a fee for a for something that's like. If you do this step-by-step program that I've put in front of you, it costs this much money for this plan and this much money for this plan. Run, people, because that person's trying to fucking steal your money. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you got to see that. <laughs> you say that, but then, like, say so, say someone wanted business coaching from me and I offered to it for a fee, then am I full of shit? No, that's business coaching. That's not. That's not, like, life coaching and saying, like, if you put certain things in certain energy baskets this is gonna happen you don't, for you you and think like, life coaching like even just paying someone to talk out what you're going through is i've never done life coaching or talked to a life coach i'm just curious this is a problem think. because you and i wouldn't necessarily need a life coach because we are like a different type of person but i do think that there are some people that need like a little perspective from somebody that knows what's going on, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with needing perspective. No, not at all. Absolutely not. I'm just not somebody that does that. Like I find my inspiration elsewhere, but I also need inspiration. It's just not the way I do it. Um, And I think everybody needs to find their way of inspiration. And some people like Gary Vee have talked about to you a few times. He's like the guy that's like a business guru and he... To me, it sounds like a lot of cliche stuff that he's saying, like rise and grind, like that kind of deal. But at the same time, like that guy is probably inspired like millions and millions of people to just get after it and follow their dreams so like who am i to say like fuck that guy like that guy's doing it like and he's found success it's just not the answer for me okay but you think is he full of crap because he's charging people money and giving them answers of sorts do i think he's full of crap i think that i i think the whole industry is a little icky i guess is my problem is i think making money off of providing like hope seems innately wrong to me that said i can also see a benefit to the people around them and i understand everybody needs to get paid for their work so it's a tough thing to say but i don't i wouldn't choose that career path i wouldn't necessarily go to that person so it makes it hard for me to give you like an answer that i think is fair but from my personal perspective i think more often than not somebody is trying to get money from you because that's the game that we live in right now. Like, if you don't see it, then you're not looking. Like, everybody's trying to make a buck off you. You're all consumers. I mean, <laughs> you included. Me included. Yes, absolutely. I've been sold on so many things. Like, Facebook ads, like, I have all birds. Like, those shoes kind of suck, frankly. And I have a pair of them. They're a really sustainable company. <laughs> yeah, good for, good for them. But, like, that, I got sold on a Facebook ad, like, straight up. Like, I yeah, got served an ad, and now I own them. Like, it's, it's just hilarious. I feel like, though, just to backtrack, if I I've were... I've gone on a cynical route. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, though, I could not even <clears throat> offer any sort of business coaching. I've had people ask before. Or like I think you totally said, could. No, yeah, you've told me I should, things yeah. like that. But even when I was just, like, thinking about Moonbody Soul being three today and what I've learned... And what I would tell people, first off, it does sound super cliche because it's a blanket statement. Everything else is so specific that it wouldn't make sense. So when I think of like what I've learned these past three years, it sounds super cliche and stupid. I think it's because we live it right now, right? You do anything enough, it starts to sound cliche. But I think to people that aren't running their own business yet or getting after it might be, you know, the answer. 
true. But then when it does come to the specifics, like the, I would feel like if I was going to offer any sort of coaching, it would have to be so hands-on with specifics of like what is going on, like on a very detailed level. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just give. I mean, that would be a job in itself, right? Yeah. And so I would want to charge a lot of money for it. But then am I full of crap because I'm charging money for it? No, I think when you start telling people that you can talk to their dead loved ones and charge them money for it, I think that's when you start becoming full of shit. I don't think when you're trying to, you know, give sell somebody like the information that has helped you become successful this is, is bad. Okay. But at the same time, like, I guess I'm contradicting myself. I don't know. I feel like just because you're right, it could be easy to pretend to be a medium. What if there are real ones that exist? And that's just their gift and they need money to live and they charge for it and they want to help people, but they can't help everyone. So I they... mean, it, that would shape your entire belief system. If you believe that mediums exist, that would change everything for you. It would change that you believed in like the scientific process. It would change that you believed in that's not true. God. It would change that you believed in like so many different Why? things. Why? Just because someone could talk to someone that's on a soul level and not in a body. Yes, because then you that would mean that you don't believe there's an there's you either believe there's an afterlife or you believe that they're like in this weird purgatory state where they can talk to mediums like that just changes everything right like if you believe that one thing it changes a lot of your no beliefs. one knows what happens after we die for sure yeah definitely no one not. but like you have to at least be consistent with your beliefs <laughs> that's all I'm saying what I kind of like what Alan Watts talks about he talks about the word believe versus faith. And I feel like I was kind of getting into this with you a couple months ago when I was like, you can't say the word believe. Like, how do you say the word believe? That's like knowing, remember? Yeah, but I thought we agreed that it isn't like knowing. I agreed with you yeah. that you could use the word believe. But what I think Alan Watts is saying in his book, and I just started it, so I'm still getting it. <laughs> but I think what he's saying is like a belief is when you want something to be true. So you believe it and you stand behind it. But faith is this like openness of like almost obviously the word trust is a synonym of faith, but like being open to whatever could be true, but trusting that your openness like will lead you there. Hmm. That's interesting. Does that make any sense? Maybe I'm not making sense. No, I think it makes sense. I just don't think it's, it's necessarily, I think that can't like his definition is cool. But I don't think that's necessarily like the de- the definition that is like the one in the dictionary. You know what I mean? Because it's almost a synonym to faith and belief are like the same. Yeah. He also talks about looking. But I totally agree. But I think you. it's like him breaking those words down to, to show like, you that there's story. two different sides. You can have faith and you can also believe. Because he also breaks down um, saying that you are I and also me. Like I am mad at me for doing this and like your me is like your nature and your I is like your ego or the other way around I can't remember which one but it's a really trippy thing to try to read and like understand I think I'm gonna reread the chapter that sounds wild but it's like talking about this like ego versus nature and like us being like an animal but also conscious being I'd read that sounds interesting I'm really into Alan Watts right now I I know you've been (laughs) listening to a lot as well Bentley knows. <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I mean, I'm open. I'm open to anything. I won't believe anything. Let me just put it that way. I, I love learning about different religions. I love learning about different belief systems. Um, 
and and I'm open to them being true like to the extent of like I'm gonna run my you know every human has kind of like a bullshit test they go through every time they decide if they want to believe something to be true or not and I kind of do that with everything and see if like it checks off those boxes you know but I'm not like oh I don't believe that just because of like some weird preconceived notions like I give it a shot I do a lot of research like I went through Buddhism for a long time that was something I really thought that was gonna fit in for me but like just some things did and I took bits and pieces and kind of moved forward with it I feel like though that's when you start realizing at the end of the day most of these religions or belief systems are saying a lot of the same stuff yeah they're big on a blanket if they're not like heathenistic or anything they basically are saying like be kind to each other like respect like your elders basically like just general rules for living and like they all seem to have the same thing like me and katie watched this film called uh the man from earth it's it's gotta be hard to find (laughs) (laughs) good luck (laughs) it's not uh it's not like a it's a big it's not a big budget film it was kind of an indie film back in the day but like you could probably find it somewhere um the man from earth is cool because it's about this guy who is a teacher and he's with like all of his teacher friends like there's psychologists there's biologists there's like every kind of teacher around him and he's about to move and the like he has all his friends over for like a moving party before he leaves and through this evening they find out he tells this this what they think is a fictional story they're like tell me if it's true or not and tell me from your scientific perspective or your field whether or not it's true and he says i've been alive since basically like the beginning of time like i was a caveman and he makes claims to being jesus buddha like all these different religious figures throughout life and the story is tied together so well and so believable that you're like holy shit like maybe these are all just like one religion that humans have had their like weird you know flawed fingers on that have pushed in weird directions for power and money and all kinds of terrible things throughout time but like the core beliefs seem to all be the same which is really like rank true with me there and i was kind of like i think maybe inspired our conversation on that topic of things sounding the same hmm no, like, <laughs> no, like of uh, all the religions having similar theme, like a similar theme. Yeah, that's what I meant by yeah. sounding the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, that movie is really low budget if you're going to go watch it. <laughs> it's not great acting, but it is an awesome story. It really it is. It is. The plot of it is very interesting. But, uh, yeah. Religion. <laughs> Religion. <laughs> Life. I don't know, but like when you said earlier that I wasn't a spiritual person, that was interesting. I'm to me, sorry. I, I don't believe mean, in a higher power. I don't I mean spiritual and light in that sense. Yeah. I don't mean it in that well in that sense. Um. Okay, let's just shift away from religion. <laughs> no more religion talk for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm really interested in it, and I love hearing what you believe because you have researched a bunch of different stuff, like. I feel like by reading these books, like Alan Watts gets into that. It's all this like main question of why are we here? Yeah. Aren't we just creating our own personal human perspective? Yeah. What are you here? What are you doing? So, and how should you be living? Because we all don't really know. For me, the only thing that matters is having a positive impact on the people around me while I'm here and hopefully in the long term. Because other than that, like people aren't going to remember your name. They're like... Like, think about it. Like, you're 
your great grandchild is going to have no idea what you did on a daily basis. They probably won't even know your first name. They probably won't even care. That's only like three or four generations away. At this rate, with global warming, so like we might all not have great grandchildren. Yeah, and all we can do really, right, <laughs> is on this on this planet is influence human society in a positive direction. Like, and you're not going to get any credit for it, but you are going to you are going to be able to help guide the path of existence in a positive way. And that's like what I've come to believe is all I, all I really care about. Cause like everything else ends up being meaningless. I love that about you. I like that you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather though be an animal that doesn't have this consciousness and these like contradictive thoughts and they just live an easy life they're happy they're present they eat they sleep they're not like worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or would you rather be a human and have all these experiences experience so much good and bad it's interesting so like as you and i have said many times like in times of stress in times of stress you uh you see your dog just like laying there on the floor, like having the greatest fucking day ever. They're just like <laughs> chilling, you know, like not a worry in the world. They're like, oh, I might have to move like 10 feet to the left later and lay down again. I want to be a dog at that time for sure. That said, it's kind of hard to even like put yourself in that perspective because for me, it feels like my mind would just be in a dog's body and I would like still have all these like thoughts and stress. I don't think stuff. our dogs are stressed out. They're not worried about anything. Well, our dogs are living the dream. They don't give a shit. They're like yeah, but eating tasty organic bones. And- <laughs> if, you're, if your stresses were like survival only and those were taken care of because you were like in a good herd or pack or whatever, like mm-hmm. I really don't think animals have our same brain. So it's well, just hard absolutely for you to, don't. Yeah, I don't it's hard for they, you to think about not having We've evolved negatively. Like to have self-perspective like i think that's what alan wants is getting into is it negative or or i think it's it's uh, just that the more you know the more pleasure you can experience you're going to equally experience that much more pain that's a hundred percent personal perspective because it's like do you think that we are meant to exist or do you think that like this existence is a plague on the earth or do you think like human first you You would rather be a dog that was your answer i was getting your personal I don't know. I don't know what I would rather be. Sometimes I guess my answer is sometimes when I'm feeling extra stressed, I'm like, hell yeah, I want to be a dog. And then in other times I'm like, I love that I have like awareness and I'm able to create like dogs don't create. They just like poop and pee and hang out. Like I love creating. You're right. So it's. That's a great segue to my next question. Okay. <laughs> I answer in long form only. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Well, I kind of asked you what what do you do to help you be creative and your answer was cannabis. Is there anything else that you do to help inspire creativity? Oh yeah, I'm a content addict. Massively. So I believe that you are which is I guess this is a very common belief, but I believe that you are some of your experiences. And if you exclusively experience high quality art and content, I think that inspires high quality art and content. As uh, Mark Twain once said, I believe, it might have been Benjamin Franklin, I always mix it up. <laughs> Those two guys. Uh, originality is never revealing your sources, which sounds a little bit like you're a copycat, but in reality, every idea has been thought of at some point in human life. It just hasn't been acted on necessarily yet. Um, and maybe it has been acted on and you can create like your own version of it. 
And I think that's what inspiration from other people's creative works uh, does for me. I get to see kind of, it inspires ideas. It opens up different avenues of my brain to think differently. Like if I see a certain shot in a film, I'm like, oh, that would fit in this very well right there. And then I kind of take bits and pieces. So to me, to get my inspiration comes from other creatives that have that have mastered their craft. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Also, exercise. Sounds really stupid, but like just getting out there and going to run gets your blood pumping. Uh, it maybe takes your mind off of the, the stupid stuff you had in your house, those going on, like the stupid thoughts you had while you were in your house. Uh, and then also gives you a very real dose of endorphins, which is the key to a lot of inspiration is having that actual drug, that human drug inside of you that just inspires everything. And that was the longest answer ever. I think those are all really great <laughs> things. You've also recently took up um, playing piano again. Yes, I think it's important to go analog when you live a life that is not. So I've been doing a lot more things that are with my hands and not a screen. So I'm a photographer, so I'm constantly looking at screens, whether it's the screen of my camera, whether it's Instagram for gaining business, whether it's my computer for editing photos and film. You know, like it's just, it's endless. It's screens for days. Um, that's what's really cool about this podcast is it's screen free. So once we started doing this, this was a bit of therapy for me as well um, to be able to have people here and just have a real conversation, shut out all the bullshit. You know, there's no screens. We're in this beautiful, cozy little room. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, I think that's the key too, is going analog for a bit. It helps inspiration. I like that. Getting back to your roots. I've been asking all my guests this question um, because I feel like self-care is such a personal thing, but I also feel like um, hearing from other people could inspire you to take care of yourself differently. What would you say are like three things you do that are self-care practices? Meditation, for sure. I think that's a constant one. Um... I don't know, self-care in what way? You mean like physically or just mentally or? Both. All? Like what does caring for yourself look like? I feel like the word self-care is pretty convoluted right now, yeah, especially it's, it's become like very marketing jargony and I'm a part of it. I mean, I, I tell people I have a self-care company. So maybe just the question is like things that uh, I do to improve my daily life. Yeah, because that is self-care. Yeah. You're the one taking care of you, this human body mess right here. So... Big thing, meditation, obviously, like I yeah. said. Uh, also, cleaning my area and organizing things on a daily basis uh, is something that like is self-care for your future self, which is interesting because you'll find, I'm going to say self a lot, you'll find yourself uh, at the end of a day being like, God, I'm just surrounded by all this clutter. Like, what, like this morning I had all this time, like, why didn't I just pick it up and like have this like this clean space to live in and work and create in all day? So like, to me, that's something I've really started doing more often um, and I think it's a very good thing of self-care is just kind of taking care of your environment um, improving on my negative qualities is something that I've uh, I guess that goes along with meditation but it's something like recognizing the things that are toxic in my life and trying to improve upon them um, I think that's one of the more important things about being a human being so what do you do like on a specific level? Are you like having, are you journaling about it or? 
No, that's what I was saying. It was kind of like goes along with meditation, but oh, like yeah. it's actually acting upon it is, um, I think meditation is one step of self-care and that's finding out what the issues are. And then there's actually moving forward in your life in that way in a very, um, active manner, I guess. I like that. I just realized going back to your cleanliness thing, mm-hmm. this past Newman circle, um, I had my friend Whitney come and we did like an exercise where we were journaling about what makes us feel abundant already, like with what we have, like when do you feel you're most abundant? And I realized my entire page was filled with like, when the sheets are clean, when the kitchen's clean, when my clothes are clean, when my car is clean, when I'm clean, like everything was about cleanliness and I was shocked that it was like, holy shit, if I want to feel super abundant. All I have to do is clean. clean. Yeah. <laughs> like you just walk into your house and you're like, oh God, I can breathe in here. It feels amazing. Like I remember one time you and I went on a trip somewhere and we did not clean before we left. This is before we went on our real vacation. This is future self-care right here. Yes. We went to Hawaii for our first real vacation and we were gone for a super long time and we did not clean before we left and we actually tore the house apart because we had our bathtub being reglazed. So we like t- pulled everything of the yeah. bathroom out. And then we also just were a mess before we left. And we came home to the biggest nightmare. It was so bad. And the people that came to clean our bathroom, apparently we didn't even take out everything. So they had to take out more stuff. I mean, there were like shower doors. Like it was. Yeah, they didn't even put our bathroom back together. No, they didn't even put it back They couldn't shower. Like this is insane after a huge flight from Florida. But that was the worst like blissfulness to like chaos. But we learned from it. And then we our, did. And we our never, following trips, we come home and it's like ooh, we cold, clean, clean sheets. Like you get into bed. And we clean really well before every trip now. For sure. I never want to come home to that again. It was awful. I definitely, I think that's maybe my biggest self-care change in the last uh, couple of years. Oh, is, I've seen it. Is just cleaning. Like it makes, and like even making your bed, like something, something about that, like is a good start to the day. Like I never made my bed growing up. I never made my bed one time. Like I don't think... I didn't even like really know how to, I guess. What inspired you to start cleaning so much? Because I have noticed you've been a lot cleaner lately. Living here, like living at home. I used to work away from home. That's part of it as well. It's like- Now you're in it. It's cabin fever to the max if everything's cluttered. So like I work from home. I have my studio here uh, to people that don't know. So yeah, it gets, it's just claustrophobic, man. You know, you got to have a clean space. I get it. Before making any products or doing anything like that, I feel like my first step is cleaning literally everything and getting it like perfect and then I can start working. Yeah. I like that about you. But I haven't, I need to, I, we, right now we're in the middle of, I need to clean up my act. Oh, you just finished a bunch of products. I know. Makes sense. I know. That's always a nightmare at the end of that. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Bentley. This is going to be the longest podcast I've ever had. How long did we go for? We're at an hour and 50 minutes. This is your longest podcast. I think so. Wow. I really do. I, I can't tell wrong. if I'm honored or if I just like insulted half of your audience. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I attacked mediums. <laughs> I think it's really interesting to hear your perspective because... I think it's great that you and I are able to have like such a loving, great relationship, even though I may have different, gravitate towards different things. I think the most important thing is to have the same core beliefs. And if you have the same core beliefs, you can have a lot of other different beliefs as well that, uh, that can just be, you know, complementary to your core lives. beliefs being like the things that you want in your life. Yeah. Like if you like being kind, 
yeah being kind like maybe how you raise your children like things like that like very core beliefs like i think those things won't change like regardless of anything like these are things that were instilled in you you know so like if you have those same like core like base down you know not like anything else like religion or any of that but just like that's why you think we work well together definitely i think our core beliefs are uh very much like you can accomplish anything with hard work and persistence i think that's one of like a very very much a core belief and something you'd inspire in a child one day you know i think that's like something that's always been important to me true i think being kind to people i'm really inspired that you also just go for it and you do what you love and it's working out it's crazy guys if you go for it with a strong plan it will work out i've gone for it with weak plans many times did not work out failed miserably had to go back to the workforce (laughs) but one day i mean it'll work it'll all click there will be something and i think that's i mean i've always obviously i've always believed that you were gonna be able to do it but like to me it's uh it's always been like a fake until you make it feeling where i where I have to lie to myself that I can do it and then eventually it happens hopefully but I've always like it was funny I made like when we going back to our birthday real quick uh when I first when me and Katie first started talking about this company I uh just learned how to make an e-commerce store and I was like I'd made many websites but I hadn't made a functioning e-commerce before and this was back before like Shopify and um Squarespace and all those things so it was hard and I remember being like, Katie, just, like, I think you're so good at this, like, marketing thing. You have, like, such a drive to, like, create something. Like, just create something and we'll, I'll make it a store for you and we'll start selling stuff. Like, you just have to make something. Like, you're going to kill it. And it's crazy to see, like. I remember when you said that and then when I came to you with this, I was like, I'm, I'm not finding any, like, super good natural. This before I knew it was going to be a nightmare to learn how to make them. But I was like, I'm not finding these, like, great natural bath products on the market. I think there's a market for them. I want it to be, like, around the moon. And at that time, like, there weren't that many moon companies. There no, not really just, at all. Not now, at all. Now I'm kind of love-hate relationship that there are so many moon bath things, too, which is crazy. Yeah, a lot of moon-related bath things popped up. It's Maybe interesting to see in the it. influence, I see it though. a lot. I think, I'm sure you've influenced. I mean, you have, like like 140,000 I don't followers I don't not going to say that I influence I think that what big magic says is like when there's ideas out there like if you don't do it other people are going to grab them and do it and ideas are like these tangible floating things which I kind of like thinking of them that way I don't like that. it makes me anxious to think of it that way for how many screenplay ideas that I have not put into effect yet I know that's why it you have to anxious. do you have to do the things that come to you because if it comes into your brain it could come into someone else's brain that's like her whole thing I believe in that. I think the big magic uh, perspective in that specific instance, I subscribe. Yeah, but I think that maybe this like love of the moon, I can't be the only one that is so influenced in love. Oh, and, like, yeah, love definitely of not. baths, they're going to come together and people are going to feel empowered to do it. But there are like a crazy amount of moon baths. There weren't right. though. No, at there all. wasn't. It was crazy. There wasn't. But like there definitely has been a. I mean, especially even like the yoga community and everything, like moon circles and that kind of thing have started blowing up. Oh, I well. love it. I yeah, love it's it so awesome. Much. But four years ago when I came to you with that, I remember I was very much like, I wanted to be about like your mind, your body, your soul, and blah, blah, blah. And you were like, moon, body, soul. Like you named it. So thank you. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was like, I, I, I like naming moon, things. Mind, body, soul, and you named it. So all the credit goes to you for the name. That was fun. It's crazy so far this thing's come. 
I really had no doubt though. Like at any point, I mean. But it's still a doing it. Like I'm no way near any sort of. I mean, you work for yourself. I work for myself. Do. All I want to do in life is enjoy and get to make my day and do what I get to do. Yeah. And you, it's working right now. That's all that matters. That is all that matters. I'm enjoying my days and I'm doing what I love and doing what I get to do. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it where you were even at that time, like you're at kind of like a menial job and you've just like, your life's changed entirely. Yeah. I think when you think of it that way though, like I'm getting to do what I love. I'm alive. I'm taken care of. That's great. But when I started to think of it like of any place I should be by now or like, oh, if I would have done this, I could be doing this, you know, like when you start to, if I start to get too capitalistic in my mind about it, I get really down on myself and I freak out a little. Um, one practice I learned from uh, a therapist a long time ago, therapy guys, people do it, um, <laughs> <laughs> was to take take notice of all the times you use that word and then stop what word should should there's this girl that there's says no need for that in your life jen pastelloff is a yoga teacher and she has a book and she says quit shooting all over yourself really though <laughs> i think it's like the dumbest thing you can do to yourself that's not even like that's not even like i want to do this like it's not even a goal it's something you're like i should be doing this should be doing this should be doing this you're like you're that voice in your head. You're yeah. the one creating these problems. Like should statements, like you should be doing whatever you're doing, like live in the moment. Like you can only do so much. Like there's, I think the I should like thing is just, it's cancer to the mind. You're right. I'm going to stop shutting a little. I'm not, myself. I'm sorry. I'm not attacking you. I'm just like, no, you're right though. It's yeah. only when I get in those mindsets. Cause I mean, you're around me every single day. Mm -hmm. I'm not a hundred percent happy all the time. And Nobody I don't think is. people should be happy no. all the time. I think we have a range of emotions for a reason, mm -hmm. but I do get in some days when I'm like super down, super down and out, want to burn it all to the ground, want to move a door again, run away. Um, Which is super offensive to a guy that has built a dope home for I'm us. not <laughs> running away for real. <laughs> but whenever I get in those places and I feel like it's too hard, that's when I start getting really too much in my head about like what could go wrong or what I should have done in the past. Like it's all these like things that aren't the real, real present. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the biggest issue, right? I think that's the issue most people have. Any anxiety is should, I should be doing this. I should have done that. Like, yeah. I think that's a root of most. Or what if this happened? Yeah, what ifs also. Yeah. That's just catastrophizing is a nightmare. Nobody should be doing these things. Should be. <laughs> See, now I'm doing it, I'm stuck. <laughs> We're in a loop. Don't do it, guys. We're in a should loop. <laughs> don't, don't shit on yourselves. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to say on this podcast before we close her down? Uh, yeah, I think just one more thing. I have very extreme feelings, as I've as you probably noticed in the last <laughs> couple hours here. However, I think that everybody has a right to believe whatever they want to believe. I think that I shouldn't be able to change what you believe. I think that you are your opinion is just as valid as mine. Um, but I believe what I believe, and I believe it pretty passionately. So, like, I think we all deserve that, right? You know. Are you worried people are going to be upset listening to this? I think that there are going to be some people that are a little triggered. Okay. I, I think it's going to happen, but at the same time, like, like if you haven't met a. a contradicting opinion you need to open up your your realm of talking to people because you must be in a bubble because people have different beliefs i think it's good though you trigger me a lot 
when I come to you with stuff for real but I think it's good because if you hear someone else questioning something it like opens your mind up to question it I think triggering's good yeah and I think we don't do it enough on the podcast I don't want there to I don't want this podcast just to be people that I'm like obviously it's fun when I have someone I totally agree with and we can just come here and geek out but well, pe- people tend to follow only people they believe in, right? So then they're just surrounded by an echo chamber of yeah. the same shit that they are. Like, so how do you grow? How do you hear any contradicting opinions to see if like what you believe is actually what you believe? So like, I, I agree with you. I think it's really, I think it's helpful. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for coming on this the podcast. The cynic has been on your podcast now. I apologize <laughs> for bringing everybody down. <laughs> no, I think it was great. I, I love you. I'm super proud of you. This has been one hell of a journey. I had no doubt. I know you had some times of doubt when things weren't working out too well, but uh, you figured it out. You powered through everything, and I've never had a doubt that you were going to be able to build this brand and grow it to what it already is. This is awesome. We uh, Thank you. I mean, we're at a point of no return now, so it's going <laughs> to- I can't burn it to the ground. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody's going to let you burn it to the ground. I think there's <laughs> you have too many friends and following to keep it going. They're be like, where the hell are you? I just want to be honest, though, because some days you do just want to burn stuff to yeah, the ground. Yeah, even if you love it, even if you start it from scratch, it's, everything's fucking job at some point, right? Yeah. But luckily, we get to do ones that we love most of the time. I love you. Thank you. I love you. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And thank you for supporting um, everything I've wanted to do and moving out here just so we could keep Moon Body Soul afloat. You're welcome. And obviously I would do that for you. Why wouldn't wouldn't I? (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you want to learn more about Bentley, you can reach out to him directly. Slide into his DMs on Instagram (laughs) at Bentley Rolling. You can listen to his podcast, Highly Conversational. You can go to his website, bentleyrolling.com, and he just launched some merchandise. So Yeah, I've got a, a cool backpack we just dropped, and there's some more stuff coming. They're really cool. He's going to help me launch some merchandise soon. If you guys would be interested in that, let me know. Um, yeah, we're going to get that going. And if you like canvas photography or canvas themed anything, I'm trying to elevate that industry in a positive way. So and you're doing come it. join me. Yeah, and you're doing it too. I love watching it. Thanks for all you, I mean, you guys don't know this, but Katie's on the back end of what I do a lot of the time too. So she helps me out. So and much. I can't believe you came in here and recorded a podcast with me literally minutes before we sat down to record. A lens just came in the mail that you were like so stoked to use. Do you realize it's out there? Yeah. Yeah. I have a lens <laughs> that I've wanted for about a year. He's wanted this for been... a year. He pre-ordered it and he's been waiting after paying for like ever. And it just like right when we sat down to record, there was a knock on the door. It was delivered. So we should hang up. So you can, uh, do you call it hang up? <laughs> yeah. Let's hang up the phone with all of her friends here. On... <laughs> We're going to hit stop so you can go play. So thank you, Bentley. I love you. I love you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so much for listening to conversations with moon body soul if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe to hear more and leave us a review if you have any special guests or any requests that you'd like to hear on the podcast please send us an email to hello at moonbodysoul.com